Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Network. This is the Inclusion Crusade with me, Sarah Morgan. I am on a mission to create workplaces where employees feel safe, seen, and supported one episode at a time. And today I am back with our expert in residence, Miss Charlie Pleasant. And we are going to talk to you a little bit about some hot takes, some tips um, for the end of the year and the new year that we feel like will be helpful to you listeners as you wrap up this year and start to get geared up for whatever 2024 is going to be bringing your way. So Charlie, welcome back to the Inclusion Crusade. We are always glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So you and I were talking in pre-show just about this time of year and how much pressure and heaviness that there is for people um, in kind of that six week period from around Thanksgiving until the new year begins. And um, it's a heavy season for most people because you are coping with family dynamics as you go through the various holidays. Um, You have a lot of folks that are, are also coping with grief um, during this time of year as the weather starts to turn cold it tends to bring out illness um, and those sorts of things as well Mm -hmm. Um, and then for whatever reason work decides that it wants to (laughs) compound all of that by having all the meetings all the deadlines yeah all the events um that it can stand and what does that do to people? So I, I believe what it does, and I mean, it can do a couple of different things to people and, and people respond and cope in different ways. So it's not going to look the That's same true. for everyone. Some people, like you said, that six week period from Thanksgiving up until the new year, some people run and sprint to the finish line, right? For some other people, they are absolutely dragging, <laughs> Mm. Just to say, let me get to the end of the year. I think what it what it can do is increase overproduction and overfunctioning mm. in a way that is not necessarily healthy. Yeah. Um, if especially if people use production as a form of an overproduction or overfunctioning as a form of coping to not deal with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it can lead to burnout that you don't see coming, or you can probably be in a state of burnout and stress and your body has become so um, adapted to that, that you don't recognize that you could be playing in a danger zone. Um, for others, it brings up, it can it can t- uh, trend in the opposite direction and can bring complete shutdown. This time of year, it's really interesting. And I've, and I've been thinking about this a lot. The fact that this time of year causes us or ask us to be more productive as nature is actually beginning to enter a rest season is really mm-hmm. interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like th- th- there is once September hits, you know, the kiddos are back in school for those that have kids that are in school um, or in college or wherever they might be. 
But then that shifts into that. And then the the seasons are actually changing um, where nature wise, it's going into a period of rest. Things are falling yeah. away, mm-hmm. all of that. And yet we are kicking it into high gear. Yes. Which makes no sense no to me. It's sense. never it has never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that there's somebody out here that can speak about it a little bit more from a scientific standpoint, but it just absolutely feels counterintuitive to the way that nature is actually rolling. We're rolling it, we're traject, you know, we're trending in the, up, the opposite direction of mm-hmm. what's happening. So we got and the it's like we're we're fighting our environment, right? And yes. I have to and I think about like I always think about like the witching hour, right? With that, that time of day when um, the sun starts to set and things and just our general like barometric atmosphere changes yeah. and the way that that has impact. If you are, we always talk about sundowning with people with like um, dementia and Alzheimer's. Dementia, but yeah. even, if, even when you are some, if you have a cold, if you have the flu, if you are dealing with a sinus infection, that is the time of day where you start to, you might've been feeling good in the morning and then the sun goes down and your symptoms come back up. Like there literally is something in the the environment, the atmosphere, the air we breathe mm-hmm. that shifts, you know, at that time of day. Yeah. And the same thing is happening as the seasons are changing. Like when we go, like for me, I deal with seasonal affective disorder. And so when daylight savings time ends in November, I feel like the world pulled the curtain down mm-hmm. <laughs> and because suddenly it's dark. My mood has changed mm-hmm. and um, and all the things that I <clears throat> am able to do very normally and easily suddenly become much more laborious for me yeah. to be able to accomplish some version of like their most creative and in some cases productive selves in order to finish the year strong and and set ourselves up for success in 2024. And I'm I this year, because of shifts that have happened in my job, have allowed me the opportunity to take more control of my schedule. Yeah. And I have been choosing very much to slow things down. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious for your thoughts what are some what are some ways that you advise clients and the folks that you work with on regardless of what what the demands of your life are mm-hmm. how do you take control to slow down in this season where rest becomes much much more important than it does pretty much at any other time of year right i think that there's something to be looked at when we talk about actually working against our environment and how that affects or impacts the way we manage and be able to take care of ourselves when we're dealing with seasonal defective dis- um, affective disorder or just major, um, major depressive disorder or any of mm-hmm. these other common mental health um, issues that that we might be dealing with. But what, I, what I'm talking to my clients about now is just the hard stop. Mm. I'm talking to my clients about the absolute hard stop and taking a minute to just breathe. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, find your breath in the moment. Yoga is very good at this practice. Meditation is very good at this practice of Mm -hmm. just reminding us to take a moment, pause, 
find where your breath is. And what I've also been sp spending a lot of time talking to my clients about is also finding out as you're centering and grounding or anchoring yourself. That's the second thing that I'm talking to them about as well, mm -hmm. too. Are you flailing? Or are you anchored in something? Mm -hmm. Some Something that's healthy, hopefully, that, that you're anchoring in something that's healthy. Mm -hmm. But as you're working to ground yourself, I'm inviting my clients to begin to look at where you are in relationship to the external things that you're dealing with in your environment. Because we're at such a fast pace, a lot of times we're unable to catch up with how I'm feeling about work. Mm. What's actually feeling about my work? But I mean, other than just the normal things that we hear that I'm stressed is I'm overwhelmed and different things like that. I'm also slowing clients down in conversations to talk about, let's look at the other states of emotional being. Is everything stressed? Is everything overwhelmed? Or are you dissatisfied with work? Because when you begin to label what you're experiencing in relation to what, what you're dealing with in a correct manner, then you could begin to open up the conversation of actually what's happening. If mm -hmm. everything is about I'm mad or I'm offended or again, I'm overwhelmed and stressed, then you're just going to stay kind of in the box of that, in, in that. But mm -hmm. what if you're disappointed? Yeah. What if you're dissatisfied? Mm -hmm. What if you're unhappy? Mm -hmm. And then being able to effectively label what's happening with you in relationship to what's going on in your external environment begins to open up a different type of conversation. I love that you say that, too. And I love that you reference the emotion wheel. I remember I saw something on social media. It's just like a meme that talked about um, and it was really a, a hit on men and men. I'm not trying to, to dig on you, but one of the things is it, it was joking is like men, their emotions are like crayons. They have sad, mad, glad, hungry, you know, like they're very, very like rudimentary emotions. Whereas women's crayon box of emotions is like 64. 64. Colors. Right. Yeah. And how, but when I read that, of course it was meant to be insulting, but I thought, oh, how stunting yeah. to only have a four pack of emotions to describe everything. And as I was listening to you talk, mm -hmm. like, am I dissatisfied? Am I disappointed? Am I, do I feel abandoned? Do I feel mm -hmm. like when I start, like just am being, scared. am I scared? Am, am I, I like, yeah, am yeah. I, um, yeah. Like being able to identify those emotions and be able to like label them and speak direct more directly to that is a really, really important skill that we don't um, teach people one and that we don't utilize enough in the workplace. And we pigeonhole people into, again, I'm stressed. I'm, you know, we may even allow, yeah, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm busy, you know, and I'm that's busy. not right. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's actually not even busy. is not even uh -huh. a field. It's an emotion. It, right. ain't, it ain't on the wheel. Um, there's no emoji for busy if you right. search bar. It's not an emoji. Because it's no emoji for busy because it's busy. That's why. It is, right. It's, yeah. It's so, right. Yeah, it's not even available to you. So it's like, okay, we have to learn to like label the things that we're feeling because our feelings are actually the thing that drives our beliefs and actions. And mm -hmm. so if we're not appropriately naming 
the things that we're feeling, then we can't take control of our thoughts and then take control of our actions. We're just kind of frantically going about. And at this time of year, when we are needing to slow down, like the world, the, the, the environment, the planet that we live on at this time of year wants us to move at a slower pace. It just does. Um, what is your advice to individuals who've never done that kind of thinking before? As far as get, slowing down? Yeah, to slow down and then to get in touch with their wheel of emotion, to get beyond I'm busy, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, to mm-hmm. be actually to, a- to be able to say, actually, I feel rejected. Yeah. I feel angry I feel like to actually tap into their feelings and then let those feelings lead them to thoughts about the work that they're doing because we're talking about inclusion and actions as it relates to the work that they're doing how do you guide people who've never had those kinds of thoughts before uh, particularly about their work yeah. Um, to to slow down enough to tap in and yeah. be able to do that. So I do it kindly. So the advice that I would give to anyone who may be wanting to explore a different state of being that's a little bit more slow paced, that's a little bit more flow, that's a little bit more tapped in. Number one is to do it with a licensed um, mental health professional and someone that can actually walk you through that process because you don't know what emotions you might be suppressing with busyness and over-functioning and overproduction, mm, it's kicked yeah. into high gear for a reason. And a lot of times it's because it's sometimes it's because we don't want to see something else that we that that needs our attention that's happening in the background. And that's not a journey you should do by yourself. Mm-hmm. That's not something that I would not recommend a person that's high functioning to learn how to slow down by themselves. I think that mm. there's some there's a, a some partnering that needs to happen with that. Also, what's happening biologically is that when you begin to slow down, it can feel really jarring to your system as you as you begin to regulate your nervous system. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of I have a lot of people that as they begin is what we call down regulation. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that feel anxious when that happens because they don't know what to do with the energy. Mm-hmm. They don't That's know what to do. And I've so experience that. Yeah. Yeah. And so when your system is down regulating and getting back into a more balanced and harmonious state that can feel like it's it's also it can it can feel jarring and then also what's happening is that you're not having the stress um the stress chemicals released into your system anymore so if you're so used if you're really used to high performance high functioning you're used to cortisol you're used to glucose you're used to all of these other things mm-hmm. that are being pumped into your system that to sustain that adrenal is your adrenals that are actually mm-hmm. functioning all of that when you begin to go into a state of down regulation and hormonal balance, your body's going to be like with any other addiction. Where are where my, are, where is my, where's my cortisol? Where, where is, is it? Yeah, I need my high. I need my high. And so as with any substance that's happening in your body, the body's going to have a reaction to that when it's not being released anymore, which can become really undoing and unnerving for people mm-hmm. who don't know that that's what's actually happening. Said, no, your body's actually doing what it's supposed to do because we were never meant to be in this constant state mm-hmm. at all times. 
I'll give you an example of that. Mm. I don't know if it's true or not. I saw a meme that was floating around on social media um, not too long ago. About, and I, I, I really want to find out if this is true because it would be incredible. So I always had this desire. I love nature. I love being out in nature. I love everything about it and what it does for my body. My goal, my desire for anyone that's listening, come scoop me up, y'all. I always want to go to the Redwoods. I always want to go see those big trees because I'm all, I want to stand in awe of something that enormous. That enormous, agree. I mean, yeah. just every time I look at it, I'm just flabbergasted. You know, it it it, it hits all my Lord of the Rings, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the Twin Towers with tree beard and all. It hits all my nerd stuff. But yeah. I I love that type of thing. So there was this thing that was floating around on social media where it talked about a redwood being injected with um, I think it was adrenaline. Mm. And so and it actually killed the tree. Oh. Redwoods that have been standing for years, hundreds mm. of years, that it said that it actually killed the tree because it didn't want, the, I, I guess whatever the meme was saying, is that it didn't want it to stop producing. Mm. But the overproduction actually killed the tree. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think that there's a lesson to be learned in that. Mm-hmm. We're not meant to be functioning all times at right. all times. Right. There's a benefit in wintering. Mm-hmm. As hard as it is for a lot of people, especially the cold weather, I personally enjoy the cold weather, the cold, the cooler season. Um, I know that that's hard for a lot of people, but there's there is a benefit of actually going into a wintering season. Mm-hmm. And it's to rest. So if I'm thinking about this thing that, that was happening with the tree, the tree needed a space of rest. Yeah. And, with and all you that shot it with adrenaline and, yeah, and you killed it. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, somebody tell somebody tell us if it's true or not. Yeah. If this is actually true. But when I saw that, my heart sank because I was just like, that's what we ask. That that's what organizations and corporations ask in this world acts of people to constantly take every a day. shot of each other mm-hmm. every day single day mm-hmm. every single day and even what we were talking about going into pre-show so before i even get into that my 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 answer to your question is is that i advise you to walk with the professional if you're wanting to work work on slowing down because i would mm-hmm. want them to fully explain everything that's happening emotionally, emotionally, cognitively, and biochemically in your body. Mm -hmm. Walking with the professional to help explain that. But going back to what we talked about in pre-show and just this, this, this concept that everything has to be shot with adrenaline and keep going is how we come to the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I was sharing with Sarah that I have been fatigued by social media these days that's constantly asking me what am I going to do what am I doing to prepare for 2024 mm-hmm. why does it have to be a constant call to re- to be in preparation of something for something yeah and I'm having a really difficult time with that even as a clinician I'm having a very difficult time with that so when I talk to my clients I'm always inviting the slower pace which is the, it's a message that's counterintuitive to our world, but it's a message that I believe in wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. If you ever do work with me, it, I'm not going to give you 10 best points of how to get something done effectively. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably point to you 10 reasons why you can't. Mm-hmm. And the one reason why 
you can possibly improve that is to slow down mm -hmm. and catch up with yourself. Because what you might find is that the 10 points that you want to do something effectively, when you slow down, you might find out, I don't want to do this. I don't even want this. Yeah. I don't even want this. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I think about that as well, because um, I'm in the same, and we obviously we talked about this and that's how we ended up on the subject for the show. I'm in the same, same place as I head into 2024. I'm in a bit of a I won't say career shift, but definitely just like a job focus shift um, right now. And I'm not being my usual kind of frantic paced self about lining up the next thing. I'm letting things unfold a little more naturally and just going with the flow for a minute while I figure out to to the earlier discussion, how do I actually feel about what's happening? How do I feel about the work that I've been doing? What work gives me the most joy? Yeah. And what work may, leaves me feeling energized and enthusiastic versus depleted? Yeah. And so I'm as I'm examining and reflecting, I'm thinking about those things so yeah. that I can be more intentional in crafting things. And again, not that everything has to to bring you joy. That's not necessarily the case, but it should be more often than not. I was about the, to say, I would prefer if it did. <laughs> yeah, it should yeah. happen more often than not. Um, and then too, when I have to do those things that don't bring me joy, how do I price them differently <laughs> to make that to make it worth the emotional labor and tax yeah. that it that it puts on me? Um, and I think that that has to to be true for a lot of things in the way that we work and show up. And so, yeah. you know, we always say, "No, you're worth an ad tax." Like that, there, that's real. And so, that's really been how I am planning for 2024, but it's not the usual list of what conferences I want to attend or apply to speak at or how many, you know, clients that I want to land and propose and go after and social media strategy and even down to like podcasts. Uh, calendaring. It's none of those things. Right. It's really getting back in touch with my feelings of joy and worth and um, and peace mm -hmm. um, that are what's strong for me this year and what I have been trying to encourage other people to get in touch with as I go through, as I have conversations with others, people that are, whether it's people that I coach or people or crowds that I'm speaking to, or um, just individual conversations, like it's time to shut this down. The, yeah. the joke going on right now is, you know, I'm like, I need this by end of day. And people are like, oh, I thought you meant end of December. Like you wrote EOD. I thought you meant end of December, like not end of today, but like, <laughs> end of end of this month like right, it's right. time to be thinking about how we slow things down because people this is a time of year where people really grapple with a lot folks are 
grieving, you know, the loss of loved ones. Present and, company included. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. And figuring out what it feels like to go through a holiday season without them and right. what, you know, and how those traditions are going to have to be different um, because of that. People are struggling with how to interact with family, you know, yeah. um, as you go through the holidays, because we are not all living in a, a Hallmark movie where everyone is just excited to get together and can't <laughs> wait to right. see each other. There is, you know, some some toxicity happening and, yeah. uh, and abuse in some cases in households yeah. that you're having to figure out how do I navigate? How do I sit across and, and potentially have to break bread with someone who traumatized me, you know, right. um, and do I do that? And if I don't, what impact does that have? Those are weighty, heavy decisions that right. people have to make. Obviously the financial impacts of gift giving, um, at this time of year and yes. what, who do I, who do I buy for and how much do I spend? And it doesn't yeah. matter whether you have a lot or a little, you still have to make those decisions. And then so how that sometimes can become political within yeah. your family. Like, oh, you gave so-and-so this and I only got that. And that gets weaponized against you, even though yeah. you did so in sincerity, like all of those things. Do you really, see the really intersection in all of that? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. There's there's a there's an intersection that's absolutely not talked about in all of the things that you named that I'm just sitting here and I was just like, I can see how this serves a capitalist system that always wants to or consumerist system, you know, mm -hmm. consumerism. Mm -hmm. It plays on the holidays, it plays mm -hmm. on grief, it mm -hmm. plays on picture perfect and the creation of those things, which could actually trigger feelings of what we might not have. Mm -hmm. And then that can actually trigger feelings of shopping. Yeah. To actually cope with that. With it, yeah. It's really interesting how all of this intersects at this particular time of the year that can set us up to overspend, to overeat, mm -hmm. to overindulge mm -hmm. because of the fantasy of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Versus and the reality. The and, and then again, on top of all of that, I'm having to finish up, you know, year end sorts of reporting and, and things of that nature. I'm having to set goals and plans and budgets for the upcoming years. I'm having to manage staff who want their time off, but I can't give everybody time off because right. heaven, heaven forbid, you know, somebody not be here. Right. And just having that, it's a lot to navigate and it's very heavy on people. And then yeah. you add to that the pressures to to buy, to consume, to project, you know, these perfect images. And then right. here comes the social media algorithms. I can only imagine what sorts of targeted ads you and I are about to get after this is over because, our, you know, our phones be listening and they'd be like, right. oh, you, right, you right, need right. something. So, um, you know, and here comes that, that weighs on all of that as well. And it just, to me, feels so heavy and difficult to navigate. And it just wants, I just want to like hug everybody and then give them a big, big old warm blanket and say, go take mm -hmm. a nap. Let's go, yeah, let's go rest somewhere. 
that's what it that's what it makes me want to do is to take yeah. a nap. This this is a time of year that I see um although this year has been trending just a little different. That's my word for today, trending. But it's mm -hmm. been it's actually um been going in a different direction. I normally see an uptick in clients this year, um, around this time of year. And that's that's quite not been the case, but I but I am seeing a few. And I it's it's this it's the it's a very similar thing that I find myself starting around the Thanksgiving holiday or a couple of weeks before that is that how do we prep? Mm -hmm. to be able to take care of ourselves during this time. like and, and I do spend a lot of time prepping with my clients about what feels realistic, what feels like it brings dissidence, and then what feels like it brings you really a good deal of joy. And being able to stand in the tension of whatever decision you choose to make, whether it does include being with family members, if it does not include, you know, if it, if it includes distancing, Yourself, I think you had mentioned about what does it feel like to sit across the table for somebody that traumatized you. Well, mm -hmm. there's a choice that that you have that here. You make, mm -hmm. you know, and when we when we were young, maybe when this happened, and that's that's not to say all the trauma happened young. I mean, it can happen at any course, you know, course in our life. But I'm just thinking about a young person who might not have had the agency or independence or the autonomy to be able to walk away from that traumatic person, having to do some work with that particular client to say, hey, you're not six years old anymore mm -hmm. you're actually 36 with a choice in mm -hmm. a car in a home and i in 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 friends and community and what does it mean to build and lean into your community during this time which is one of the things that i love about this particular time of the year is how we've that we've leaned into like friends giving or friends mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being really using that as an alternative space to actually feel that part that you might not be able to, not to replace it, but to mm -hmm. to, to feel that to that connection that yeah. you might not be able to have with your family members for whatever the reason might be. Um, I love I love that. I love mm -hmm. the intentionality of that. I love the thought of a lot of people who are not blood related that are still choosing to love each other and be here in this right. space and be in community together. And I think that 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 takes that takes a lot of just intentional thought versus yeah. we're blood and we need to be together. Yeah. So th those are, those are the ways that I'm prepping my clients to, to move into this year and, and then let 2024 come in, not to say, and, 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 and I don't want to, I don't want to offer it from a standpoint of we're just going to turn a blind eye to 2024. I think it's okay oh. to have goals and, and things that you want to work towards, but also allow it to be fluid. Mm -hmm. allow, it, allow it to be flexible allow yourself the grace enough for it to change yeah that and and know that yeah. like it's okay to like tiptoe a little bit into mm -hmm. that I you know one of the things for me that I don't do anymore is you know I always I don't start my new year off I don't start my new year off with a whole bunch of plans and things um I like to ease into my January and let it take let the let the goals and things start to take shape in a different way um so I have I definitely have changed that whereas before after the holidays I tried to just like dive back in and pick up you know where I left off and again start the year in the year strong started off with a bang now I'm like no, we're going to shut it down and then we're going to slowly 
pick it back up and I'll, you know, but I don't ever try to, you know, hit the ground running. And I don't look for that to be this, to be necessarily true for the people that work alongside me or work for me either. And that makes me curious for your point of view, because a lot as you talk to a lot to individuals about what they should be doing. What advice do you have for, for those of us who lead people in terms of what they should be doing to support people as much as they can and taking that agency to, um, to slow down, to get rest, to Mm -hmm. um, set goals and, and deadlines for themselves that are a little bit, dare I say, softer Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, kinder to our nervous systems. Mm How do, how do managers and leaders of people begin to make that shift? The biggest thing that comes up for me in how leadership and organizations can do this is let your people know that it's an option. Mm, yeah, and, it, and that there's a different way to actually do the work that we've been doing. I don't think that there's anyone, and, that, and this could be just me having just a you know rosy colored way of looking at it. I don't think that anyone goes into a place of employment and just says, "I'm going to just completely bomb this place." Right. You know, like you right. know, like that bomb, like physically, but. Work wise, I'm going to tank it. I don't I'm think I'm going to be terrible at I'm this. I'm just going to be terrible at this. Mm-hmm. I just really don't think that the majority of people show up that way. I think people come and find positions and seek out with the hope that in this particular organization, it can highlight some things that I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. And I can show, and I can show that not only to the people that I'm working, you know, working alongside with, and the people that are employing me, but I can I absolutely affirm that in myself. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the that um, drives me a little bonkers because when you there is, and there's not even an agreed upon definition of what those words even mean. Mm-hmm. So what may be hustling and grinding to you might be nothing for me that might be Tuesday I always I talk so bad about Tuesday but that might just be a regular schmeckler Tuesday for me right like why 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 do that to ourselves in order to achieve someone else's definition of success I think it's a lot of what we 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 place a value on. That, that's it. We place value on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. There there's there's a quality that there's a value that's assigned to over functioning and high performance and um, busyness and the ability to take on multiple projects and the ability to multitask, even though the research has shown for years that multitasking is the most ineffective it's way so to do anything. It's so right? bad for you. But we, yeah. but we place we place a character value on a person who demonstrates those particular qualities in a workplace and says, this that's who you need to be, mm-hmm. right? Not understanding that who you're saying that needs, that's who you need to be is often in my office Having a complete, complete, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, you don't see the other side of 
the the price that's really being paid for that. Mm -hmm. So or you do because there are you know on in in my area in consulting and and coaching, there are a lot of bad behaving managers out there who have bought into this hustle and grind culture and are. And when they're not able to achieve the things that they believe that they need to achieve, mm -hmm. or when the people who work alongside them don't execute the way that they felt that that person should have executed, they are losing their grip on, you know, and then they are berating individuals or they are, um, some I've seen people, you know, throwing things. And um, or just, again, going on these complete tirades yeah. with individuals about all the things that they expected that didn't happen and get yeah. done. And so you see them struggling to stay high functioning mm -hmm. or functional, period. And my and question then, always is, why do you want to stay why? at this state? It doesn't like it. How is this working for you? <laughs> like it, it doesn't yes. sound, it doesn't sound like it is. And so, um, you know, I find myself coaching managers and, and leaders, and I'm talking like C level leaders, presidents and, and vice presidents of organizations to find their humanity yeah. within themselves first and then to extend that that empathy and that grace yeah. to other people um and, and so organizations that do so have higher rankings of, of people feeling engagement and satisfied because when they feel like they are their humanity is honored and they do perform well mm -hmm. that, that you can have both yeah that you can, that you can have both one of the things that I'm interested in exploring um, in 2024 and just beyond is doing a lot more corporate wellness training mm -hmm. and, and infusing IFS in that work. I'm always curious about the parts that leaderships lead with or leaders lead with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious about the parts within your internal system that informs the way that you lead. And do you even have an awareness of, of what, what those parts is. are? So going to the current conversation that we're having about finding your humanity, a big part of that is is understanding what parts am I leading with that, that I bring into this workplace that actually dictates and curates how I communicate how we get work done in this organization. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a person who spent the majority of their life hearing that hard work gives you the results. Hard work and time gives you the results. Not to say that there's any falsity to that, but if it's, if that's a thing that's constantly being reiterated to you over and over and over and over again, I'm very curious if you lead with a part that's a taskmaster. Mm -hmm. Because the hard work. I can even take that down um, to um, how, you know, in, in in the black community, and and I'm, I'm I, all I know is black community because I'm I'm black in that way. But mm -hmm. how we talk about achievement being the way, the the achieve the, the value that we place on achievement, and so mm -hmm. I, I I've even watched this um this thing again on social media floating around when a black woman gets bored she goes out and get a degree, 
<laughs> and it's it something, it something so traumatic about that thought. Yeah, there's something that, that that that's a messaging. Mm -hmm. While that can be celebrated, and and I talk about that a lot, is how achievement is one of those things that fly under the radar as a as a as a branch of overfunctioning, but also a response to something else traumatic because mm -hmm. we reward it. Mm -hmm. Typically, when we talk about the things that we utilize that 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 are bad coping strategies, we're talking about how we um. We can talk about sex. We can talk about drugs. We can talk about addiction. We can talk about mm -hmm. alcoholism, but we don't talk about achievement in the as same an way mm -hmm. as an addiction. But it is. But it is. It is. Yeah. So we take it that is. messaging in, and then, boom! I'm in HR, mm -hmm. and I'm the hiring authority here, mm -hmm. and I'm constant, and I'm only looking at the play of achievement mm -hmm. in the resumes that I see. But you miss out that the better suited person has a characteristic or a quality in their character that can actually be better yeah. suited for the work that's happening here. Yeah. Or you also, I, I, the way I also see that ending up getting weaponized is the way that organizations vilify people who don't necessarily want to advance. That's right. If I have come in at a position that, you know, maybe entry level or mid-level and I'm good, I'm good here. Like, I like what it is that I'm doing. I feel confident and competent in my work. My work is effective and efficient. I'm getting it done and I don't want to move up right. and I don't want to go to another department and try something different. I want to do this. I'm good with this that we don't value right we don't we don't get people like that there's something like as though there's something wrong with them for not wanting to strive for something different and then we begin to label them mm -hmm. um in negative ways yeah. even though if if that person were not in that position giving us that stability and giving us that consistency of of excellence that they bring. It can affect a lot of other functions. It would affect a lot of other right. functions. Like I've right. been in organizations where, you know, our long-term receptionist, our long-term admin, our long-term uh, AP person mm -hmm. exits the organization and it's a mess. Mm -hmm. Don't nobody know how to do nothing. Things ain't to the level that we're accustomed to them being because so-and-so is gone. Meanwhile, yeah. we was clowning so-and-so for not wanting to be the manager, for not wanting to move to a specialist, for not wanting to transfer to such and such right. a department. But we not realizing that all the time, so-and-so was holding it down for us yes, indeed. and then there has to be respect and appreciation due mm -hmm. for that just as much like there has we have to get to a place where we honor and respect good work and the people who do it regardless that's it that's it because there is honor in honest good work and it does not matter and legal honestly mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah. There, and it does not matter whether that person's zone of excellence is super duper entry level, mm-hmm. super duper executive, executive level, level, right, right, super duper knowledge based, super duper right. physical based, that they are in the zone of excellence for them as a human and they are doing it well. And the work that they do is making a difference mm-hmm. to the world in the way that it's designed to impact. We should just be glad and honor and, that. And what we might be missing in, in, in not honoring that is the fact that there's some secret sauce to be had there. So X, Y, and Z that's been in this position for however long that they've been that knows the ins and outs. Not only do they have the knowledge base of the organization in a network to move things within your organization, when we talk about slowing down and taking care of yourself, perhaps this person might have thought about wanting to move into upper management or the next whatever the next that thing level, is. But what they might consider, going back to what we were talking about earlier, how do how do we teach leaders to do this? Is that this person might have figured out what I value most is the quality of life that this position gives me to yep. enjoy my family or to enjoy what I do on my own, Mm -hmm. or to enjoy my children. And that allows me to function optimally in this place because I'm a lot more balanced. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about exploring, you know, how do we talk to leaders about this? Also understanding that, to your point, it's okay to be what what we mentioned in in, um, pre-show is normalizing ordinary. Yeah. Every day is not a peak moment. No, no. Every experience is not a peak experience. And so if we're constantly chasing that, we'll never be satisfied. Right, right. Because most of our days are lived in the everyday whole home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we have, one of the things that I can say I've taken away from COVID and not that COVID is gone, but the height of it. Right. And one of the things that I definitely have tried to convey to others is that need to allow people the agency that they need to make those decisions for themselves and their family without pressure or judgment. Mm-hmm. That if this is, if this space, is what works for me for this season of my life. And I'm doing good work in this space. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone and yeah. let me do that. And when 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 it changes, when the season changes and I'm ready to do, you know, when it goes from winter to spring and I'm ready to grow and bloom again, mm-hmm. be willing to allow me that change. So that's the but, key word, agency. Yeah. yeah. Be willing yeah. to, to to give me that opportunity. But sometimes the answer, just like the answer when I ask the organization, can I be promoted is not right now. When the organization asks me, I should be able to give them that same answer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have it be okay. Yeah. And I think it really goes back to what you mentioned earlier is being able to reconnect to your humanity. Like these are people. Mm-hmm. Every day, these are these are everyday normal human beings that probably have more similar goals 
as the person that's sitting right next to them or the person that's in leadership is that they want to do well. They want to take care of their family. They want to have some fun along the way and enjoy some things along the way. We're not too dissimilar in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's how we begin to introduce this conversation to leadership is, is, is into our organization is letting them know that this is an option, that how we've been doing this doesn't have to be the way that we continue to do our business. Mm-hmm. And not be mad at a person who might value hard work, long hours and labor, not be mad at a person who can find, who values efficiency. Yeah. yeah. And and not penalize them for that. That mm-hmm. that that finds a way to do things effectively. Right. So it's is it's for a lot of people in organizations, and this can be a hasty generalization, it's advantageous to keep things looking a particular way because of how it feeds their self-identity. Mm. Yeah. And so to bring, but it also stunts innovation. Right. Right. It also stunts progress. It also stunts just forward movement. Yep. But there are a lot of people that are invested in keeping things a particular way because they themselves have defined themselves with that particular thing versus actually it's some, it's some space to grow and expand here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I really don't have to see that person as a threat that, that sees things that, to want to have things a bit softer and slower paced. And that will make, and I, because I have lived it, that will make people mad at you. Yeah. Like the, like I have worked in environments where I, I have a, I build good teams, mm-hmm. um, and I build these teams. We get along well. We like we genuinely, genuinely, every place that I've worked, our teams have genuinely enjoyed each other. We get our work done. We go and giggle and kiki as we go along but we're not going to be breaking our backs to get there we are going to work at a nice steady pace Mm -hmm. to meet the deadlines that are before us Mm -hmm. and it makes folks mad Mm -hmm. like the audacity of you to enjoy one another the audacity of you to to finish your work and leave out of here one time it makes folks mad and once upon a time i used to shrink and hide from that and used to like mm-hmm. caution my team now stay mad yeah. y'all stay mad either y'all can yeah. stay mad or we can have a conversation about how you too can get some of this magic it's not hard yeah. it's mm-hmm. not hard but yeah. I think if nothing else as we close this year and look toward the next one is to to seek ways to 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 slow down, to normalize yeah. the ordinary, and to give more agency more to agency. individuals to select the path that's going to work best for them and their needs. I think I that's think. key. Anything you're looking forward to into in 2024? Um, I, all the possibilities. Honest to goodness, like all the possibilities, this is um, one of those moments where I'm in a shifting season, sure, a transitioning season, but I'm not. A hun- it's like, you know, butterflies, I know we glamorize like caterpillars turning into butterflies, but we also have to remember, like if you've ever watched a butterfly try to come out it's of a cocoon, 
that's a that's a thing you know mm -hmm. um that's a hard that's a hard transition yeah. even just learning how their wings work and all like just watch a time lapse video um mm -hmm. of it because it takes a long time but just watch a time lapse video it's not an easy thing and um I don't know what's gonna I don't know what what my wings gonna look like on the other side of this and right. so I'm just taking I'm I'm excited for all the possibilities of what that's gonna bring because I I have no doubt that it's gonna be good like sometimes you're you're looking at stuff and you're like oh this could go either way I don't feel that way I feel like oh this is gonna this gonna be interesting season mm -hmm. two you know left me on a cliff left me on a cliffhanger but season two about to be lit yeah. And so I'm just waiting to see what that's going to be, but with good anticipation and high expectancy. No expectations, but high right. expectancy. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, I thank you for rocking with me and for the Inclusion Crusade as our expert in residence this year. Thank you. And thank I know you for that our me. listeners are getting a lot of knowledge out of what it is that you're sharing and a lot to reflect and think on. And this episode has been another one of those moments. And so we yes. thank you all for listening. And we look forward to your feedback. And we look forward to hearing the stories about how you have rested and, and taking it easy as you glide into 2024. So thank you, as always, for listening to the Inclusion Crusade I am Sarah Morgan here with our expert in residence, Charlie Pleasant. We are wishing you a safe and peaceful and restful holiday season and a happy new year. We'll be and I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to shoot yeah. my shot. If there's anybody out there that wants to bring me in to do work with your organization, I know Sarah puts my contact information um, in the show notes, but you can check out all of my work and what I do at www.charliepleasantlcsw.com and Let's connect and see what magic we can bring to your organization if you're looking to shake things up a little bit. That's right. And let's all do great things in 2024. That's it. Thank you all and bye-bye.